0: I hope tonight you brought your Bibles. We're going to be looking and reading some Scripture. Uh, But I did want to talk a little bit about what took place this past week. It was awesome. It was uh, awesome is a good word to describe it. You know, that step back and just, oh, what happened? Uh, It was a whirlwind. Uh, It was tiring. Sometimes it was really hard. Sometimes it was really fun. Sometimes it was really hot. Uh, It was a whole lot of things. Um, This week... I talked to Rick Cosgray and uh, this week he spent hours and hours in a small closet back here. Uh, if you're wondering why is he in a closet, he was our dispatch guy for our safety team this week. And, and so we have a small room uh, just off of the fellowship hall. If you've never seen it, that's okay. It's a secret. It's back there with hidden cameras all over the building, and that's not a joke. Uh, so he's back there watching the cameras in the safety room. Uh, soon it's going to be bigger because we just finished our new room back here and we're going to move everything over but he told me this week i've been in this room day after day but there's one thing he noticed this is what he said he said it was awesome to be able in my spot to see the body of christ working together because he, he's back here and, and he can see all the cameras from all the different rooms and he gets to see everybody for, uh, doing all, all, each of their jobs and each of their tasks and everybody doing their job working together. It's really neat. Uh, and he said it was great to be able to see. Um, this Vacation Bible School was my very first. Um, vacation Bible School and Carnival. And over and over this week, I had people ask me, They knew it was my first one, they say, so so what do you think? You know, they ask me, what do you think? And, uh... I'm tired. I, I just think it's a lot of work. It it was great. That's uh, the one thing that kept coming to my mind is I need a nap. That's what I think. Uh, what was done here this week? I've realized was no ordinary vacation Bible school. Uh, we didn't un- we didn't go for the task of let's order in a, a VBS curriculum that we bought and let's just get vacation Bible school done. Uh, This Vacation Bible School, I've noticed, was a major undertaking. Uh, We sought to create a VBS week that would be exciting to this generation, okay? We wanted to take the kids that were uh, excited to play video games and see things on TV and be engaged, and we wanted to engage them in a way that they could understand the gospel and they would pay attention, And they would hear preaching and they would see fun stuff and funny stuff and play games outside and it would be an exciting week. From building the stage, uh, which was a huge task, uh, that was building the stage, pulling the stage from the back garage, uh, designing, thinking of the set, thinking through the skits. I know Pastor Dave spent hours and hours uh, writing the script and then getting with his team to Uh, Practice and and gather costumes and buy costumes and uh, get everything ready for the skits to make sure they were funny and engaging. Uh, We had great game times. I know that a lot went into that to pulling all the games out and and buying equipment and setting up. I watched teenagers come over here uh, almost every day and they would set up the games. They would pull hoses for miles. It seemed like (laughs) they're just getting everything ready. Uh, the scripture memory to creating these booklets so children could uh, memorize verses and go to a spot and, and everybody was working together. We had uh, team leaders that were leading teams. I'm going to get really simple here. My mind's a little... Uh, We had team leaders, and it was great, as we saw everybody in their place inside here. Uh, When the kids came in, we had uh, folks running registration, setting up computers, making sure information was input correctly, running an invitation time with a whole bunch of people able to uh, be a part of having two invitations in, in one evening. All of that to get ready for vacation Bible school, and then we took it all down in one day. Uh, and one morning, all of the staging came down, and all of the carnival simultaneously was being set up. Uh, a, a full-scale carnival with rides, inflatables, midway games, and food. Anybody worn out just by recapping that mentally? <laughs> it was a lot. And I want to parallel this, because I, I would like to encourage you, and just if tonight could be a little bit of teaching, a little bit of encouragement, it really parallels well to what we read about in the book of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to be there. In the book of Nehemiah, we've got this man, Nehemiah, and he's tasked uh, with or he's challenged or burdened with rebuilding the walls and the city of Jerusalem. And in this story, we see something. We see that big dreams can become a reality when we work together. Big dreams can become a reality when we work together. I tell you what, uh, if, if Pastor Tony was to go ahead and try to do everything at the carnival by himself, it wouldn't happen. But as we all have a job and do our part, this big monumental task gets accomplished in an amazing way. It's called synergy. Anyone ever heard that before? Synergy? Raise your hand if you've never heard of synergy. Raise your hand if you've heard of synergy. Synergy? All right, I'm going to keep you engaged. I'm actually going to bring some of you on stage soon, so just, just wait. Just be alert. If you're sleeping, you're going to come up here. Um, it's called synergy. Synergy is uh, working together. That sin with, uh, the, the end of that word is the work, uh, to work with, working together. It's when uh, working together creates an effect where the combined effect is greater than the sum total of our separate efforts, okay? So that uh, when you have two people working, it's not just the amount of work that two people do. When we work together, our efforts are multiplied. We get more done than we ever could do individually on those things. Um, and this is what we see in Nehemiah chapter 3, is that this constructing of the wall and the gates in 52 days was incredible. It was something that could not have been done unless everybody gathered together to do it. So I want to go with Nehemiah chapter 1. Let's read for a little bit tonight, and I want to just see the story here. So let's get started. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 1, everyone there? If you're not there, aren't we thankful for Richard and Josh? They're going to put it on the screen. All right, guys, here we go. Nehemiah chapter number 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month, Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire." And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keep the covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations." But if you turn unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. See, in Nehemiah chapter 1, God burdened a man with the vision to rebuild the wall. Um, these, these men came unto Nehemiah, Nehemiah was serving as a cupbearer to Artaxerxes, and he heard about the wall in Jerusalem, God's city, God this wall that represented God to the people, and he heard that it was broken down, it was in shambles, it was torn apart, and something had to be done, and God began to burden his heart about this wall. Uh, in Nehemiah chapter two, he's gonna go to his king, and he's, he's gonna ask him, can I leave my job and go build this wall? Let's read about it. And it came to pass, chapter 2, in the month Nisan, in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad? See, there was something that affected Nehemiah. He looked sad at work. Why is this thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of the heart. Then I was very sore afraid and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? When the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. See, I want to make a parallel tonight from the story of Nehemiah and the church. I'm going, to, I'm going to illustrate it here in a second. See, God often works this way. The way God gets his work done many times is that he burdens a man. There, there's, there's somebody that that sees a problem. And, and when men see a problem, Generally, men want to fix it, okay? Uh, there's a problem and we have to fix it, okay? Uh, a lot of times I'm learning this with my wife. Uh, she'll just want to tell me something. She'll tell me her problems, and, but I want to fix it because that's what men want to do. They want to fix the issue, but she just wants me to listen. That's nothing to do with the message, but uh, men want to fix things when there's a problem. And, and Nehemiah, he was so burdened about this wall, he, he, he kept... Mentioning it lieth waste and God's city was a reproach to the Lord, and and God will burden a man to want to fix the issue. Nehemiah said to the king, he said, Why should not my countenance be sad? He said, Do any of you see the need? Don't you see that there's a reason for me to want to do this? So the king, he allows Nehemiah to go, and and Nehemiah goes in chapter 2, and he he goes, and he actually, uh, in the nighttime, he takes this kind of a survey trip, and he walks around the walls, and he's praying, and he's letting God affect his heart for what he sees. And in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, he comes to the people, and this is what he says to the people. Uh, Nehemiah 2, verse 17, then said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. The word reproach is the word disgrace. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this Good work. Here's where I want to bring it together. Do you know in our church, oftentimes God gives the leadership a vision? Um, In this case of VBS and the carnival, uh, Pastor Tony and Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave, all year long last year, he's got this idea in his head and, and God has burdened his heart. And if you ever talk to that man about uh, children or reaching children or reaching families or reaching anybody with the gospel, all he can think about is how. How are we going to do it? How are we going to make it good? How are we going to get this job done? And he has this vision, this burden and, and then with a the carnival, Pastor Tony's constantly encouraging us to go and to go and we had a whole series last year on Shine and this thing stirs in his heart that there's something that needs to be done. There's a there's something that's driving us, and so what they do, God burdens a man, and then the man goes to the people. And here in Nehemiah chapter 2, we see that Nehemiah led the people to see the point. See, why did it matter to the people? Uh, you know, how, how, did it, how did it go from mattering to Nehemiah to mattering to the people? See, the, it started with, with Nehemiah and his passion. It was contagious. Uh, so when you when you when there's somebody that's fired up, you get a man that has a, a goal for the Lord, it, it rubs off, doesn't it? Have you ever had a, a pastor or a, a friend or a teacher that's motivated to do something and, and, and they're excited and really it starts off, you get excited simply because they're excited about it. They, 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 they got this exciting thing that God's going to do and they want to reach people and it rubs off. Nehemiah led them uh, to have a passion for this. See, uh, it mattered to them, first, because of Nehemiah. His passion was contagious. But second, he led them to understand why. Um, See, Nehemiah, he told them about the walls, how they lie in waste, how they're burned with fire. He encouraged them to no more allow the walls to be a reproach to the name of the Lord. Okay? So I want to parallel this tonight. Why do we do a great VBS? Why do we spend so much? I mean, because we could just order a vacation Bible school. Do you know that? You can go to a store and you can buy vacation Bible school. And it can be called cave something or this year it's submerged or something like that. And you can just go buy it. I don't know how much it is, a couple hundred dollars. And you can, it actually comes prepackaged. And you can just tack things on the walls and you can do that. That's what we could do. Why do we stay up late? Uh, Why do we go out in the hot sun and turn your face red? Uh, Why do we, I mean, is it because we we love carnivals? Is it because we just love cotton candy? Why is it that we would get involved in this big task? Why not do something small? Why not keep it on a smaller scale? Uh, When it comes to Sundays, why do we go through such great lengths uh, to make sure that everything we do is of quality? Um, Why do we provide high quality childcare? Why do we spend money on uh, these safety measures, these check-ins, these things that we do uh, in our nurseries? Why do we make sure that trash is picked up off the floor? Why do we do these things? Why do we, I I mean, Nehemiah, why not, Nehemiah, why not just, do we really have to rebuild the walls? Nehemiah, do we, why not just build them up halfway, you know? I start to ask myself questions. question. When I put a lot of energy into something, I really do. I really stop and ask, why Why in the world am I doing this? Is anybody, did you ask yourself that this week? Do you ever ask yourself like, all right, I'm over here and I'm cleaning these bathrooms and uh, why am I doing this? You know, you have to remind yourself sometimes of why. This, kids are frustrating. If you dealt with kids this week, um, it's it's frustrating to... Uh, wind up extension cords out in the hot sun. It's 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 hard uh, to to do all of these things that we're doing to get the food out to, to stand for two and a half hours. And anyone in here cooking funnel cakes? Who is cooking funnel cakes? Anybody in this room? No, no funnel. See, they're tired and they stayed home. Uh, all the funnel cake cookers. Uh, listen, it's it's tiring. But I ask myself the question: Why do we do? Why do we go through all the trouble? See, Nehemiah had a reason, and he, he let the people know that reason. I want to let you know the reason. I want to explain to you. Why don't you boil it down to why we do what we do? Any, any job. Some of you this week were promoters. You, you were inviting. You were posting on Facebook. Some of you this week were uh, teachers uh, or, or team leaders. Some of you this week just helped vacuum when it was all done. Uh, we all had different jobs, but I'm, I'm asking, like, why do we vacuum? Why, why do we have nursery? Why do we do these things? Two reasons, and these are the two reasons. If you leave with anything tonight, two reasons alone. This is why we do what we do. Number one is to make Jesus look good. To make Jesus look good. 1 Corinthians 10.31, the Bible says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Let me say it again. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. The, the first reason we do anything in church, the reason we do anything at all, we ought to be doing it with the idea that we're going to bring glory to God. We're going to make Jesus look good, okay? We are his representatives here. Do you know that? Uh, we are ambassadors of Christ. What people see us do, what, the work that we do, how we do what we do, is all a reflection back to Jesus. And the first reason we do anything is to make Jesus look good. Uh, we, know, we don't do it to make ourselves look good. Sometimes that's our wrong motive. I want to do a great job so I get credit. Well, no. The whole purpose of anything that we do is to glorify God, to make Jesus look good. The second reason tonight I want you to see is to make Jesus well known. To make Jesus look good and to make Jesus well known. In Matthew 28, this is the great commission. This is the marching orders for the church. Everything we do, we ought to be able to tie it to this thing. If if we're doing something, we're spending money on something, if we're taking our time, you're leaving work early to do something, you ought to be able somehow to tie it to these two things, making Jesus look good, making Jesus well known. But Jesus said in Matthew 28, uh, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth, This is verse 18. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We know in everything we do as a church, we've got to make Jesus look good. We represent him, okay? Do all to the glory of God. But everything we do is for the end result of taking the gospel to people that don't have the gospel. Are you with me on that? That's why we do what we do on Sundays. Sundays encourages us so we can go and share the gospel. We organize things here so people coming can hear the gospel. We had vacation Bible school so that we can have people hear the gospel. This is our goal. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make disciples, okay? This is who we are, and this is what we do. We make Jesus look good, and we make Jesus well-known. And because these are our two goals, because this is what we're to do, every job done at the church is important. I don't want anyone to walk away from this week and think that your work was in vain, okay? Um, Everything we do, the Bible says to make sure we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. there's, There's something that you were doing. If you felt like you were just doing a job, you're not just doing a job. Now, sometimes our motive is just to do a job, but every job becomes important when we do that job to the glory of God, to make Jesus look good and to make Jesus well known. I'm going to illustrate it here in just a second. Get, get ready because somebody's going to come up on this stage here. In the book of Nehemiah, that's how it worked. Nehemiah had this vision, this goal. We got to build the walls. And he told the people, and they realized why. When we know why we're doing what we're doing, we do it with passion. And all of these people came together. It's amazing uh, how different people came together. In Nehemiah 3, we're going to read some verses here. But uh, people came from all walks of life, all types of professions. Um, These. The workers that built the wall, they weren't all builders by trade. The Bible talks about some of them being priests, some of them Levites, some rulers, some just common people. Some of them were gatekeepers, some goldsmiths, pharmacists, merchants, servants, women. Listen to this. In uh, Nehemiah chapter 3, everyone was serving except, it says, and and next unto them, uh, let's read in in chapter 3. Let me get there, okay? Let me slow it down. uh, Chapter 3, Nehemiah. Then Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate, and they sanctified it, and set up the doors of it, even unto the tower of Mea, and they sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. Now if I pronounce these wrong, I'm sorry, I don't know these names. Um, and next unto him, so you got these guys, you got Eliashib, and right next to him, over here, next unto him build the men of Jericho, and next unto them, builded Zechariah, the son of Imri. But the fish gate did the sons of Hassanah build, who also laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Baramoth, the son of Urijah the son of Kaz. And next unto them repaired... Do you get get the picture? All these different people are working together. Then we get into verse number five, and next unto them the Techoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. Um, As I was studying for this, I learned and I read that uh, every church has some nobles, okay? Okay. Every church has somebody that just sits by and doesn't get involved, and I'm not going to beat anybody up tonight if you didn't get involved. The point is that there's a great task to be done, and you could have had a shot to do it, but you missed out. That's the point. Uh, But every uh, group has nobles that didn't put their neck to the work, uh, and sometimes we that are putting our neck to the work, uh, we're doing the work, and we're watching somebody else sit by the wayside, and we get frustrated with them. Um, there's a reward at the end of the work, and, and we get to experience that. Uh, so, point taken, don't be a noble. Uh, get in, get involved into your part. Um, so, all of these people are getting together. Do you know this week, I serve with people that I would probably never, uh, you know, I wouldn't normally do anything with in life. We come together to church. We got people, if you go back to high school, you know how in high school, everyone had their little groups? You know, you had... Had the cool kids, you had the not cool kids, you had the band kids, you had the, all these kids. When we come to church, we just throw everybody in one big bucket, and here we are. And we, do the, we, just, we have this diversity among us. Young people, old people, black people, white people, Asian people, people that have skilled traits, people that are businessmen, people that don't work at all, people of all types coming together for one purpose. Uh, Pastor Tony preached last week about unity. I think it was last week, and he talked about this amazing thing that we have such diversity here, but what brings us together is the fact that we all want to make Jesus well-known and we all want to make Jesus look good. And so we get together in on the task of building. In Nehemiah chapter 3, the vision became a reality because everyone executed their jobs well. Now, I just want to take a second, and this may go terribly, this may not go, this may go really well, but I, I just want to illustrate to you how this all works, okay? We have two goals. What are our two goals? If you want to say them with me, you can. Number one, let me look down so I know what they are, is to make Jesus look good, okay? Say that with me. We're to make Jesus look good, and number two was to make Jesus well-known, okay? We do all to the glory of God, and everything is meant to reach people, to make disciples, all right? Make Jesus look good, make Jesus well-known. Is there anybody in here that was a greeter this past week, or is a greeter on Sunday? Do I have any greeters in the the church? Vaughn, would you please come up here? Vaughn, I want you to come, and I want you to stand right here, okay? Uh, So I get my greeter. Is there anybody in here that is a nursery worker, Somebody who works nursery, whether it was just for Vacation Bible School or on a weekly basis, somebody. Kelsey, would you mind coming up? Are you okay with that? Please, come on up, and you can stand right up here next to Vaughn, so come on up. Uh, so uh, how about, is there anybody that cleaned up something uh, this week? Anybody that did some cleaning, uh, some vacuuming? Uh, Dale, could you come up here, please? Uh, we got somebody that cleaned I saw so many people that cleaned, but they didn't raise their hand, so that's okay. Uh, So, Dale, come on up and stand next to her. Do we have anybody that was preparing food this week? Anybody preparing food, serving food? Anybody? Anybody? We can get a husband and wife up here. Come on up, Sherry. Yeah, this is good. All right, just line up. Make a nice straight line, okay? Let's get a straight line across here. It's okay if it's curved. That'll look nice, too. Um, uh, Is there anybody that was a team leader this week, or maybe you're, you're a teacher or something like that? John, come on up. Look, we got two husbands and wife. Isn't this great? This is good for marriage tonight. Um, Do we have uh, anybody on the main floor that uh, took pictures or did sound stuff or graphics or anything like that? Anybody? Are all your people up there, Richard? Richard, stand up. Uh, Can you see Richard? You can't see him. Everyone, turn around. There he is, Richard. Put a picture of yourself on the screen. All right. Anybody that, uh, let's say on a, on a weekly basis, sings in the choir, can I get somebody up here, raise your hand, sing, anyone sing in the choir? Choir people are ashamed. Hey, yeah, here we go, come on up, sing in the choir, Mr. Fenwick, this is great. Come on up and uh, stand up here. Um, how about anybody that sits in the closet all week for VBS? Rick Cosgrave, Safety Services, come on up here. All right, he's coming, he's coming. All right. Now, this may go terribly, but we're going to see how this works. I just want to illustrate this here because I try to think through this. Because uh, we have greeters here, and greeters, are they like actually sharing Bible verses with people at the door? Anybody? Are they doing that? They're not doing that. And so you can question if you're greeting. Vaughn, your greeter, uh, he greets every single week, every other month. That's his schedule, okay? He's on my team, and so love Vaughn. Uh, but Vaughn, you, you're a greeter, right? And, and uh, what, what do we do as, as greeters? Do you, what, what, what do we do? Well, we greet people as we come in. We've got to make sure we've got a smile on our face. and truly welcome them. That's right. That's good. He, he could be our trainer. He knows what's going on. Um, but when we think about this, whether somebody comes at VBS or somebody comes to church, what, who do they need to meet at church? I mean, what do they really need? What do they need? They need Jesus. Can I tell you something? Do you know where Jesus is? I'm beginning to think through this. Are they going to physically meet Jesus in church? No, let's just, they need, they need the cross. They need the message. They need the gospel. They need Jesus. But you know where he's at? He's in heaven, okay? He's not here uh, physically. They need him. They need to hear from him. But you know who they're going to run into? They're going to run into a greeter at our church. It's really important because we got all, it's like Nehemiah. They each have a job. We each have a job. We each have a task, a monumental task, okay? We got to give them to Jesus, but we've got a greeter here. So the question is well, why does a greeter go through all the, I mean, why, first of all, why do we have greeters? Uh, why, why do we wear lanyards? I mean, is that a waste of money or what? Uh, putting lanyards on these greeters? And why do they have to smile? Why can't they just go? Why can't they just be greeted? I mean, we're friendly, right? The question is why? Why do we do what we do? Why do you smile? Why do you actually go out of your way and stop your conversation on purpose with someone else that's already here? Why have greeters? What's our two things of why we do what we do? Because we want to make Jesus look good and we want to make Jesus well known. Do you understand? He's a greeter, and while he's a greeter, he's to be doing all things for the glory of God, right? You open doors for the glory of God, right? Uh, you smile for the glory of God, and and uh, you know what what's happening is here is all of this is working together so that somebody can know Jesus. Okay, we we have to because we are ambassadors for Christ. When God makes us a new creature in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says that now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We can't actually take him because if Jesus was here, you know what we'd do? We'd bypass the greeters, we'd form a line and we'd just walk people up to Jesus because that's who they need. But they don't get to meet Jesus, they get to meet you as a greeter or as a nursery worker or so have you. And so they meet Jesus' as representative and that's why we have to do a quality job. That's why we don't halfway things as greeters okay so we got greeters we have nursery workers uh you know in in Nehemiah there were some people they worked on different gates they had the fish gate they had these gates there was one gate it was called the dung gate (laughs) okay I tell you what Kelsey this is Kelsey the clown egg and spiller at BBS. if you didn't see her she did an awesome job um Kelsey you work in the nursery. Tell, what are we, do we do anything special when we change diapers, even, the, in the nursery? Sometimes we sing. Sometimes we sing. I didn't know that. Uh, we put stickers on the diapers, do. too, don't we? Um, what about when somebody comes in? Do they just, like, drop their kid off or what? Uh, we introduce ourselves. We introduce ourselves. What else do we do? Say hi, welcome them. Yeah. We, the child. yeah we, like, go out of our way to, to make them feel welcome, and we, like... Don't let anybody in the nurseries unless they're working in the nurseries. And we do all this stuff. There's like this quality factor. Like, why not just bring everybody in and let's take care of the babies and just hold the babies. Everyone come hold. Why can't we just do that? Just hold the babies. Why do we got to put, we have little stickers. They're little blue stickers. And you, after you change a diaper, you put it on the diaper and you check wet or uh, dirty. uh, Wet or dirty. And it says, uh, what does it say? Changed with love is what the sticker says. Why do we do that? It's because we're representing Jesus, okay? We need to make Jesus look good. We do all to the glory of God. Are you understanding this? I'm just trying to tie this all together here, okay? This is good. Thank you, Kelsey. All right, which one are you? You're our... Yeah, all right. Listen, why do we care? I mean, really here. Do you really care if you come in and there's stuff on the ground in the auditorium, like paper and candy wrappers, or you go through the hall and there's spots in the carpet? I mean, why not? Why listen? The people are going to come anyway. Just leave that on the floor. We can get that, you know, once every couple of weeks. No big deal, right? Why go through the trouble of um, Kayla Chandler? Uh, she's not. Is she in here? She's not in here. Kayla. Um, cleaned the entire hallway, carpet cleaned it yesterday. Um, We had people, we had Dale and Sherry and their daughter, and we had Bruce and Darlene, and we had Heather Corwin, and we had a whole bunch of people every single night after vacation Bible school, wiping down windows, cleaning toilets, cleaning sinks. Why is it important that we wipe the spots off around the sink? I mean, can't we just make it a mess? It's our house, right? No, it's not. It's God's house you see there is this great task and we need to get somebody we need to make Jesus look good and we need to make Jesus well known that's why we go through all the trouble of cleaning okay you cooked what did you cook this week popcorn Popcorn and nachos did anybody like I feel like I'm in the way let me in the line here All right. does anybody like popcorn and nachos anybody get some now listen. When you come to a carnival, why? Why we can just give out cotton candy. That's enough, right? Uh, we can probably just um, give out hot dogs. Let's get the ninety-nine cent hot dogs. You know, the ones that don't taste like hot dogs, uh, the ones that are all watery. Why not get that stuff and give it to people? Why not? Why do we? Why do we go through the trouble of having a real popcorn maker with the the oil and the popcorn and the salt? Why not just? we can do kind of a carnival let's just give him something to eat why go through the quality why do it right why why try hard why make sure the bag's full why why do these things well the answer is because we need to make jesus look good right do all to the glory of god we need to make jesus well known see people don't get to come into the church and meet jesus at the carnival he's not there he's in heaven but they get to meet the popcorn lady okay does that make sense You are the representative. Our work is the representation of Jesus here. There's a quality that goes into sharing the gospel. That's why we don't just halfway VBS. That's why we're tired. It's because there's something worth being tired for. Does that make sense? We have a team leader. You were a team leader? What age were you a team leader for? 11-year-old boys. Yeah, this is John Eggenspiller. If you guys are on Facebook, John crashed his car the other night on the way home from uh, VBS, but he's okay. I am. So, team leaders, why, I mean, was it frustrating at all with the kids? Yes. A little bit? Does anybody, now, does anybody ever get frustrated with kids? Why show up? I mean, there's other things to do than get frustrated with kids. Why not just stay home and watch Netflix or something? I mean, what's the point of this? Listen, with our team leaders, you know what we did? Uh, They came in and they had, uh, what, were you wearing something? What was it? A lanyard, a really nice lanyard. I mean, why not? Why not just put a post-it note on him? Why do we have to get nice lanyards? Why do we have to? Uh, why do we have to identify him at all? Why do the kids to know who he is? Um, we do all of these things to the extent that we do them because we're doing them as representatives of Jesus. Are you guys getting this? We we do it all to make Jesus look good and to make Jesus well known. Okay. Not only was John a uh, a team leader, John was. Gilly. Yeah, John was Gilly. If you saw Gilly, you'll know who he is. He was our version of Chewbacca, okay? Uh in the skit. So he was not only was he uh coming down here to take his time. Now John, you've been working long days, right? How how long at work? Yeah, your days at work. Uh, 10 hours plus. Yeah, 10 hours, for a long time. Um, I know John well, and he's been working 10, 12 hours, days when he wouldn't get to see his kids, and then it comes time for vacation Bible school, and they all come here. Why would we do that? For what reason? I just want you to know there is a reason, and it's to make Jesus look good and to make him well known, okay? We're not just doing this because it's a fun thing to do. There's a reason for it, and I want us to leave here tonight knowing the reason, okay? Thanks, John. Um, You sing in the choir, don't you? You sing in the choir. Every Sunday. When do you guys have choir practice? Sunday afternoon. What time? 4.30. Is anybody napping at 4.30 today? Anybody? <laughs> Were you napping? Yes. No choir practice today. No choir practice today. Yeah. Why do we need music? Why do we, listen, why do we practice? Let's just come in and throw it together, right? Let's just come in and open up a list of songs and say, let's sing these songs today. Why don't we do that? We don't do that, and I just hope I make a point that we don't do it because the gospel deserves quality. When somebody comes in here that needs to get to Jesus, they don't get to meet Jesus. They don't get to hear Jesus sing. They get to hear this choir sing, and we practice, and we put in all this effort because we want to represent Jesus well. We want to make him look good, and we want to make him well-known, okay? Um, We've got Richard up there. Richard! Where is he at? All right, Richard's hiding up there. If you don't know Richard Hartman, you need to meet Richard Hartman. He's a great guy. Richard, he does so much around here. The question is, why do we need, need nice-looking stuff like our graphics, like our website, like the videos? Why do we need to keep a church Facebook page? Why do we need to make sure that all of our information that we send out to the community in bulks of 10,000 have correct typing on them? Why can't we just spell things wrong? I mean, what's the purpose? Why go through the effort to do it right? Give me an answer. Because we need to make Jesus look good. We need to make Jesus well known. Why, why? Listen, I know that Richard, before Richard was here, and I'll brag on him a little bit because there's, uh, there's other people that do this as well. Um, tr- before he was actually on staff at the church, I know and I was told that Richard, it was kind of like his hobby to be here. Uh, he loved it. And now he doesn't only do it full-time. He does it full-time and then he does it for his hobby as well. He's just here all the time because he loves it because he wants to make Jesus look good. He doesn't, oh, I can stop right now and this video can kind of be done and Oh, there's a weird noise going on or the sound is bad and it's crackling. We don't have crackling sound. We don't have bad-looking graphics and media and technology because we do it for Jesus, okay? You follow me? What time is it? Oh, we're doing really good. Okay. Got you covered, Richard. Thanks, buddy. We love you. Next, safety. Now, you got to tell me why in the world... Would you come to church and sit in a closet every day for how, like three or four hours, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah about three. I get, went to get here about four, 4.30. And... Yeah. Do you know those kids never even saw him? Probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. <laughs> they never saw him. We've got people doing jobs every day, and you're sitting out there, and they're standing up here to represent you. All, all that we do, every Sunday, every service, every event, we're doing things that some people don't even see or recognize. I want you to walk away with why. Why would you do it? Why would you sit there and watch cameras? It's because he's allowing everybody else to continue to do what they do without being in danger, okay? This is what they do, is they keep us safe, uh, and, and they make sure that kids, if they need to, uh, if there's somebody hurt, that we can contact the parents, and, and this is all happening And we do this, some people might say this is all extra work. You don't have to go through the extra work of doing a carnival. You don't have to go through the extra work of making a big vacation Bible school. Just buy one and and be done with it. We don't do that because when somebody sees us taking our job seriously at the door or in the nursery or teaching a class or making graphics or whatever it is we do, cleaning toilets, when somebody walks in a building, they see that, man, this building is clean. They recognize it it's because they're, they're going to see that and they're going to know that we take it seriously, that we really believe in a God that's worth the quality. And I, I take that very seriously. I'm so excited that I get to, I want to encourage you that we did a great job at Vacation Bible School. Um, every one of you that served at Vacation Bible School did an awesome, awesome job of making Jesus look good. We did not skimp in one area. And you can give yourselves a hand for that because I am really encouraged about that. We, give yourselves a hand for that. We are not going to be that church that just kind of does an okay job. We take very seriously, and I know you take it seriously. I want to encourage you, if you don't know why we do what we do, we do it to make Jesus look good. Do all to the glory of God. That's why we do what we do. We do it so God looks good. And we do it all... You see, if somebody comes in and all of this is happening, thanks for standing on stage for all this song. If all of these things are happening, this is going to make an optimum environment to where they see that, Man, they really hey why are they putting all this effort into it? Well, they're going to learn about it when Pastor Tony gets up and he does his part of the wall. He does his part of the wall. Or, or if you're part of the prayer team at the invitation or you're part of Connecting Point and you get to lead someone to Christ, when you do your part, all of this works together. Every part is important realize uh, the wall wouldn't have been a great success if uh, it was broken up in about 40 or 41 different sections, okay? 41 different teams. If one team didn't do their job, the wall's not finished, okay? That's why it's important. It's important that every one of us serve. Uh, We are the representation of God to everybody that would ever look at us. Everyone that ever comes through your door, through your nursery, through whatever it is that you do here, We represent God and we have to make sure that Jesus looks good. We have to make sure that Jesus is well known.